right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on Sunday morning. If we could make our way to our seats, we are going to get the service started today. Praise God. Amen. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is the Christmas season. And I know, hey, how many ladies came to the women's Christmas party on Friday night? Yeah. I heard lots of great stories and uh, testimonies from that, so awesome job, and uh, this the best is yet to come. Lots of good stuff coming up still. Let's go ahead and stand up together today, praise God, and we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America, amen. And so also, uh, while I've got you standing up, it may be a good idea to kind of... Uh, you know, let's do some calisthenics this morning. You know what I mean? All right, we're going to stretch it out. But uh, So uh, we are aware that it is a bit chilly in here, okay? So nobody else has to come up and tell me, Pastor Dave, did, did you notice it was cold in here? I noticed when I walked in, and so no one else has to tell me. But at the same time, uh, we got an issue going on with our uh, units apparently, so we're going to get it looked at this week and get things warmed up. Uh, because you you remember these are brand new units, only a few months old, so uh, we're not gonna not gonna get played by the devil like that. We're gonna get these things fixed. But Robert had a great idea. Robert is such in the Christmas spirit this year that he said he was really praying for a true winter experience. And so, amen, amen. And so, what we've done for you is. We provided the cold. We just need somebody else to provide the snow because we can't do that. But if somebody else could make it snow in here, like we're golden. We've got this. It'll be the talk of the town. So amen. All right. Well, praise God. Just know this. Stay warm as we're worshiping God today and wear a coat or snuggle up to somebody with their permission, with their permission. And uh, and we're going to have a good time. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Who's with me today? Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Yes. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to have our meet and greet time. So go ahead and uh, do some high fives. And I feel like some of these hugs may be a little extra long this morning. So if you got, if you find a warm person, let me know because I want to go hug them too, okay? Amen. Praise God. Go ahead.
short sleeves wherever he's at. So if anybody can top that, I mean, come on, that's good stuff. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Well, we got a few announcements to get to today. And again, it's been, we've just really had a, a great December so far. I mean, we've had so many awesome Christmas events already, but we want to remind you that today is the last day to drop off toys for our toy drive for On The Rise Foster Agency. And so uh, we need a brand new unwrapped toys. We've, we've got a pretty good amount back there, but we definitely, we want more. So you can bring them tonight if you haven't yet. Uh, there is a, uh, a bin back there by the info booth. Let's get those in and make this a very Merry Christmas for all these kids. Amen. All right. Speaking of Merry Christmas, um, this uh, the bookstore, the High Desert Word Center bookstore, is offering 20% off of everything in the bookstore for the whole month of December. There's lots of great Bibles and obviously Christian books for you in there. There's also some other great uh, faith items, uh, pictures and different stuff. So they're great gifts or it's just good stuff for you because, hey, you need to get some stuff too this Christmas, right? Anybody? Yeah? All right. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Praise God. All right. I need my ushers up here because um, uh, Robert and Jesse, whoever has the invites there, this coming Sunday, all right, one week from today is the church Christmas service. Amen. It is the biggest and best day of the year around here. We absolutely love this day. And so one thing I've got here is uh, we have printed up some invitations. We do this every year. But um, every family, probably every person needs one. But um, 
at least one per family. This is for you to invite somebody with you to church next week, all right? And I know you wanted to do that. And especially if your kids are in the Christmas play, this is a great chance to get family or grandma and grandpa or whoever to come in. And you get them in here. We'll preach the word of God to them. We will bless them. And then in the name of Jesus, they will receive him as their Lord and Savior also. Amen. And so everybody needs to get one of those and, uh, and make sure that you invite somebody this week. This is your best opportunity. Um, so the Christmas service, of course, um, we have the kids doing their performance. They've got a whole play that they've been working on, songs and costumes and, and everything else. And I'll tell you, it is the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. But it's also extremely powerful because they're telling the true Christmas story from the Word of God, and it's going to touch people's hearts. And so uh, make sure you're here for this. Also, there's a gift for every child that is in attendance that day. So every kid from uh, newborn on up to high schoolers, we have a present for them, even the bigger kids, yeah. Now, maybe uh, maybe you're above 18, but you still feel like a kid. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm 56, but I identify as a 15-year-old. I, that, no, that's not going to work. You just, you do your, you know, praise God, but it's for, you got to legally be under 18. We're going to take care of that, okay? And also, one of the best things of the whole day is the big Christmas dinner. Yeah. Man. Dude, I just, I love a good feast and we just had one, but let's just do another one. So we're going to get this passed out and I'll tell you, we are expecting a very large crowd next Sunday for sure. So uh, we need a lot of food. We're off to a good start, but let's get this passed out. We need, we need more food for sure. We want to feed everybody and our emergency plan B is if we run out of food, which has happened before, we run over to Little Caesars, but I'm just going to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we don't want to have to do that. I, I'd rather you get some ham than some sort of, you know, fake pepperoni, whatever that is. I don't know what that is, but uh, we want to make sure there's food for everybody. So please sign up to bring something. And then my last announcement is this, is that the, uh, the Christmas Eve candlelight service, a very special night, is on Friday, December 24th at 6 p.m. Again, this service is very short, maybe about a half an hour. We get together, read the Christmas story, sing some Christmas uh, carols together, and we just call it a night. But it's a great time to bring the whole family out for just a little bit, then get back home and do whatever it is you do on Christmas Eve. And, and, and what you should be doing is watching It's a Wonderful Life. But I can't, I don't have scripture to confirm that, but that's just what I believe you should be doing. So anyway, praise God. All right, well, that's what's going on. I'm going to go ahead and have Mrs. Pastor come on up. She's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings today. Let's hear it for Mama. All right. Good morning, everybody. So everybody's blessed today, right? If you're blessed and you know it, say amen. Amen. Oh, that was really good. Good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to receive the Sunday morning tithes and offerings today, but we are also going to receive a special Christmas offering for Pastors Dave and Katie. Now you can see he's here, but she's not. She's down, <laughs> she's down the hill with Ellie doing something, so she should be back tonight, right? Yeah, she'll be back tonight. But anyway, so we have to, it was on the book, so we have to go ahead and do this today, right? <laughs> okay. So anyway, so um, I just want to uh, tell you a, a little bit about, you know, in the Bible, there's three different kinds of giving. You've got your tithes offerings, and then alms. Okay, Leviticus 27.30 says the tithe is holy and it belongs to him. It doesn't belong to you. Offerings are something that you give above 
your tithes. And alms is what you give to the poor. And so having said all that, you don't take your tithe money and put it in Pastor Dave's offerings, what I'm trying to say. Okay? Because that would be, according to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, that would be robbing God. So we don't want to be God robbers, right? Oh, my goodness. Of all things, you don't want to be as a God robber. If you're a God robber, God cannot rebuke the devourer for you. All right? That's one of the promises that if you're a tither, that he rebukes the devourer for you. And like, you know, we talk about when Pastor Dave was three and a half and had leukemia. That was one of the verses that we stood on mainly was, Lord, we're tithers. Satan's trying to rebuke, rebuke the, the life of our child. You know, take his life. And I, Father, rebuked the devourer for us, and he did. And so, you know, when push comes to shove, you can't afford not to tithe. Okay? You cannot afford not to tithe because you don't know what's coming down the pike. Amen. But I want to I read scriptures today that have to do with the uh, offering that we're going to receive from for pastors Dave and Katie. Um, in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 11 and 12 said this, If we have sown spiritual things for you, and pastors Dave and Katie have done that, haven't they? It is a great thing if we reap your material things. If others are partakers of this right over you, are not we even more? Are not they even more? Amen. They sow to you spiritually. And then another verse is in 1 Timothy 5.17. It says, let the elders, and that word elders there can be called for pastors or for the elders of the church or just for those who are older. But in this case, it's talking about the pastors. Let the pastors who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. And so today, as we receive this Christmas offering for pastors Dave and Katie, we are giving them double honor. We are honoring them with our substance. We are honoring them with, with a love offering that we are giving to them, you know, it's, it has your purpose in your heart. That's what you're, what you're going to give. Who's got the bucket today? Who's got the special bucket? Robert. I mean, no, Jesse. Jess, that's not Robert. That's Jesse. Okay, that's two Roberts. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if, if you're giving it to Pastor David Katie's offering, it goes in that bucket. Regular tithes and church offerings go in these other buckets. Okay. So let's say our financial faith commission. Uh, Confession, commission, confession. Okay, you ready? Stand up, please. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offering today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, Bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial need so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today would probably be a good Sunday to dance before the Lord if you feel like it. Get that blood flowing. I would dance myself, but last time I danced, they forbid me from dancing in the church. 
So I'll encourage the rest of you to do that instead of me. But we can sing and dance together. Anyways, let's worship the Lord. I give you my attention, all my focus, pushing off these limits in this moment. I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. I'm looking at these dry bones, your reviving, this faith inside of my soul, you're ignited, you're calling me to levels that are higher, can you see your face? When I set my eyes on you, everything else fades.
I was thinking back to the Old Testament in Chronicles. They were getting ready to go to war, and they were just, they were outnumbered. They were in a guaranteed lose situation. And the Lord tells the king of Israel, he says, what I want you to do is get all the praisers and send them in front of the army, and then they're going to lead the way. And I mean, that's about the last thing I would think to do. I like, man, send in the Navy SEALs, send in the Marines, send in the Green Berets before we send in the musicians. No offense, guys, but what I'm saying is this, is that God does things different than what we do, and he sent forth the praisers and the worship team, and he said, I want you to say this, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Just say that. Don't do And so they go out there and they just start singing and praising. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise today. And next thing you know, the enemy is defeated because he never saw that coming. And when we begin to praise God, when we begin to get into the spirit, things begin to happen. The enemy, he never saw that one coming. And we win when we do it God's way. Amen. And so I'm excited. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We've praised, we've worshiped. Now we're going to get into the word of God today. But it's it's always a good thing to say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad, you know, the Psalms and the uh, Proverbs tell us that he is rich in love, but he's slow to anger. Now, I'm aware that, yes, God, you can push him there, no doubt about it, but that's not plan A. you gotta, you got to do some things to get him there, and I'm so glad that his mercy is rich and he endures forever, all right? Well, praise the Lord. You know, as we... The, the title today is Good Tidings Part 3, so they can go ahead and put that up there, and we're going to get into our scriptures. But um, I, I was just thinking, you know, obviously, again, not to keep harping on this, but, you know, a little bit chilly this morning. And I was thinking back, I, I, being from Indiana, we get really cold. I worked at the uh, at the Indianapolis airport for FedEx, and in the winter of 2003, I think it was, I was out there, it got to 32 degrees below zero. And I didn't see zero would have been a treat. I mean, if it was zero, I would have gone out there and chipped the ice and gone swimming. Zero would have been a heat wave. I didn't see zero for several weeks. That would have just been a, just an incredible thing. But then I'm thinking about, you know, here we are, fanatics. We love Jesus. We'd go to church if we were in a hole out in the middle of the desert. We don't care. We just want to be together and be with Jesus. But I think about all these uh, people that maybe God's not their priority, but sports are their priority. Follow me. You know, people are like, man, you'd do anything to go to church. I, I would. I would do anything to be around godly people singing God's praises and reading God's word together. I mean, there's, there's just no, I'd do anything for that. But I know so many people that would go to a football game when it's below zero. They'd sit outside in the snow and in the rain with, uh, maybe you haven't seen this out here, but we have, you've heard of icicles. I've seen snot sickles. Follow me. It's real. It's a real thing. It's a real thing where these old guys that, you know, it starts to, you know, it's the, 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 it starts to drain and it just freezes right there. But that's not enough to stop them from watching the, that dead pig get kicked around and all this stuff. And they're like, I'd do anything to watch football and be there and, and praise God. Good for you. I would do anything to be in the house of God. And at the football game, I had to pay $300 a ticket. You can come here for free. Amen. And get built up, hear the word of God and be just absolutely changed 
change your life. Let's hear it for Jesus one more time this morning. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. All right, well, we're on Good Tidings Part 3, and you're like, well, what's that all about? Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Amen. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 11. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And we'll be in the New King James here. But this is, of course, the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2 is a great uh, passage to look at for this. And so is Matthew 1, Matthew 2. All good stuff. But Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look here at verses 8 through 11 in the New King James. And here's where we're basing the whole series off of. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And so they're just out there minding their business, watching the sheep. Angel shows up and and says, hey, listen, and it scares them because they've never seen anything like this. And so they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Of great joy which will be to all people. Jesus is for everybody. And so look at this, verse 11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. And so this is what we're talking about, the good tidings of great joy. Now, good tidings, just to review very quickly, good tidings would mean good news. And so the angel says, I'm bringing you good news. And as I was just reading this about a month ago, I'm like, man, I could use some good news. I like good news because we are so conditioned in our day and age to focus on bad news. And so I researched and I looked up some things myself as I was preparing for this series. And I found out that literally study after study has found that a full 90% of news headlines are negative news. 90% of the headlines are negative news. And then digging deeper, several studies have found that 95% of the time, the media will, even if there's a, if there's a good thing, they'll put a negative spin on it, or, or, or they will exaggerate the facts to make it seem worse than it is to get people to, to be afraid. And why is that? Because when people are afraid, they tune in, right? When people are afraid, they'll read more, they'll, they'll pay more for this, they'll do things out of fear that they wouldn't just do if everything was okay. And so what I'm telling you today is I don't need all that junk, all that, all the bad news everywhere. I need some good news, and that's what I'm bringing to you today. Good tidings of great joy. Amen? So what we're going to do today is look at a couple more good tidings for you, and I am super excited because this is some of my favorite topics to, uh, to, to look at and preach about. And so let's pray, and we're going to get into the Word of God today. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much that we get to be together with our family today. We get to study the word of God, the word of our Father. And, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to every person here. You know what the needs are, God. You know what each person is facing. And so I say in the mighty name of Jesus that you are you're building us up today, Lord. You're correcting us if we need corrected. You're encouraging us if we need encouraged. But most of all, God, we thank you that we're changing for you your glory. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. 
Good tidings. Number one, you can have joy. You can have joy. And I'll take it a step further and say you should have joy. The born-again Christian, the child of God, should be a joyful person. And some are like, well, that's easy for you to say because of this, this, and this. And and maybe you've had this happen. And, hey, no, it's not about that. The, the joy of the Lord doesn't have to do with, with, with how good my life is. It has to do about how my heart is before God. And so it doesn't have to do with how much money I have, with how much this is going on. With No, it has to do with my heart before God. And so we're going to look at quite a bit of scriptures today, all right? And so I want you to be ready to flip and, and keep up with me. But the first thing I'm looking at is Galatians chapter 5. Can we flip over there? Galatians chapter 5. Amen. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> And we're looking here at the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, maybe you're familiar with this, maybe you're not. But the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit or the proof of you being a born-again Christian. As I read this list, there's nine things on here. And these are the things that the Christian life should look like. And and this is what I want my life to be like. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And I would also call it the proof of the Spirit. I believe it's the proof that you are born of the Spirit of God. So Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, again, this is the, the proof. This is the evidence that you have become a Christian. This is what the Christian life should look like. A Christian should be somebody that's full of love. I don't ever come across some mean, hateful, nasty person and say, oh, they must be a Christian because, I mean, they're they're so mean. Uh, they must be born of God. Yeah. No. I don't identify mean and nasty and crude and rude with being a child of God. But there are times when I'm like, man, this person, I just feel the love of God from them so much. There's no way that, that they are not a Christian. I know that they are. And so, but notice way up on the list here is joy, love, joy. Listen, the Christian should also be full of joy. And there's so many times that I've met Christians that are just so serious and somber and, and I mean, just almost always in a bad mood. And I'm like, man, why would I want to be like that? What, what, what is so bad about your life that you are always just down and out and nasty and, hey, good day to you. What's so good about it? I don't know what you're, blah, 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 blah. Well, what's going on? Well, did you see the news? No, I saw the Bible this morning. Yeah. I saw God's word, I saw the good news, and it said that I win every time that I do things in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, I'm in a really great mood today. And I'm telling you, this is what the Christian life should be like, and it's not right for the people of God, the children of God, to go around just being down and out and and downcast and, and dejected and sad and sorrowful. That is not what God wants for your life. God wants you to be full of love, obviously, because God is love, and he wants you to be full of the joy of the Lord. 
Now, when the rest of the world sees the fruit of the Spirit in your life, what happens? It draws them to Jesus. They want to they want to know why it is you're different because it's not normal in 2021 to be full of love, joy, peace, patience. Come on, hey. I don't know a lot of patient people anymore. And 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 kindness and goodness and gentleness. We need some gentleness, and we got some roughnecks out there. We've got some crude dudes being mean. I mean, it's just everywhere. And when you are not like that, people are like, hey, what's up with you? What, what's going on with you? Why aren't you so upset? Why aren't you scared? Why aren't you going, what's going on with you? And then I can say, I'll tell you why I am not messed up right now. I can tell you why I'm not scared, why I'm not sad and dejected. I'll tell you why, because Jesus Christ was born on Christmas day. And I've got good tidings for you, my friend, that Jesus lives on the inside of me and he takes care of it. And I'm not afraid because if God is for me, who can be against me. Amen. Now in the declaration of independence for our beautiful United States, our founding fathers wrote in the opening lines, all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now that sounds great. Everybody wants happiness. And, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is though, I'm not just chasing happiness because I found something better than happiness. I found joy. And you're like, well, that's the same thing. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. And I'll explain this a little bit, but when you've got the joy of the Lord, you're no longer chasing down, well, maybe this will make me happy if I could just make more money. So I'll just, you know, sell everything and, and, and take this job. And, and maybe this person over here would make me more. So you're chasing, when you're chasing happiness, you're on a never ending pointless chasing life. You're like a dog chasing its tail. You're never going to, I mean, even if you catch it, what are you going to do? All right. You're going to hurt yourself because you're just chasing something. Listen, when you are a Christian and God says you can have something better than just being happy, I can give you joy. I'm all about that joy. Listen, it's a much better thing than happiness because happiness is very conditional. I'm only happy if you treat me how I want you to treat me. I'm only happy if you watch what I want to watch tonight on TV. All right? Maybe I'm getting a little too transparent here. Uh, I'm only happy if you want to do what I want to do and, and play what I want to play. But if you don't do that, then I'm not happy anymore. That sounds like a pretty lame way to live your life if you're only going to be upbeat and positive and happy if everything goes exactly your way. Because I found out many moons ago that things don't always go my way. Amen? Add a bunch of kids into the mix, and then a lot of times they really don't go your way. But at the same time, I thank God that my mood and my stability is not based upon how you treat me. My mood and my stability is based upon the truths from God's word. You could be mean to me, and in the name of Jesus, I could just smile right back and say, hey, it's all good. Don't even worry about it. But it's not based upon how you treat me because happiness is conditional. Joy is unconditional. Amen. Joy is unconditional and, and, and joy cannot be taken away from you. Now I can give up my joy and say, yeah, you know, whatever the song we were just singing a little bit ago is, uh, I forget the words, but it was about when I look at you, when I fix my eyes on you, everything else fades and you have no idea how true that is. 
if you will keep your eyes on Jesus, well, how do I do that? You keep your eyes on the word of God because Jesus is the word according to John 1, 1. And so if I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, all the other noise, all the other junk fades away. And the only way that my joy leaves is if I just decide to be stupid and just let it go and focus on other things. But you do not have the ability to take my joy. You've got the ability to take my happiness, but you do not have the ability to take my joy away from me. And I'm going to show you something here in John chapter 16. John 16. Are you with me today? Amen. All right. We're moving fast. We're going. We're hitting this stuff. John 16. And we're going to look at verse 22. John 16 and verse 22, some words from Jesus right here. John 16, praise the Lord. And we're going to look here at verse 22. And so Jesus, he's talking to these guys. He kept trying to tell them, hey, guys, listen, the day's coming when I'm not going to actually be down here with you anymore. And and this wasn't setting in too much. But John 16, verse 22, he says, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again Then you'll rejoice and talk about the rejoice and the joy. He says, and no one can rob you of that joy. When Jesus gives me joy, when Jesus gives me something to rejoice about, no person can rob me of that joy. Now, that's a really good thing. And listen, that might make some people angry in your life because before you walked in this joy, they could do anything and make you mad. You know, they could steal your, you know, you go to get breakfast in the morning, go to pour the fruity pebbles. Someone ate all of them. That used to ruin my day. Doesn't anymore. I'm good now. I've overcome that. Why? Because I've got the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord does not depend on fruity pebbles. The joy of the Lord does not depend on what you do to me. The joy of the Lord depends upon how close I'm sticking to Jesus every day. And so I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, I'm going to give you joy and nobody can rob you of that joy. But nearly anyone can rob you of your happiness because it's a temporary emotion. It's up and then it's down. It's in and then it's out. It's here and then it's gone. And, and, and anybody can come. People you don't even know can steal your joy from you. Or excuse me, your happiness. They can't steal your joy. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think about people that may cut you off and, and just steal your parking spot. That'll tick you off right there, especially this time of the year. I was in a, made a big mistake, just terrible mistake. A few days after we had, you know, got through the COVID thing, we're like, hey, let's go down to Victorville and uh, and do some shopping. And and I don't know, it took a few days before my brain was fully functional. I, I was good physically, but I just wasn't thinking clear. And so we go down there and, and, and I don't know, we went to Dollar Tree for something. I don't know why. But, but it, so we go, and I'm trying to get out of the parking lot and it, it's just like a million people everywhere. And I'm a small town guy, okay? I, you know, grew up in a small town, live in Barstow. And so I'm just telling you like, hey, I don't like being around massive hordes of people. So I'm trying to get out of this parking lot. And this woman behind me is honking her horn and waving her hands. And I'm like, it's okay, sister, just wait, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to get, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. But, you know, I was getting mad. But I was in a minivan, so you can't do much when you're in a minivan because they're like, no one, no one respects your man card. So I'm like, you know what? It's good. It's, I'm fine. And so I'm getting, I'm, I finally, I see my break, and this lady pulls beside me and cuts me off as I'm getting ready to go. Right? And she, 
and, and there's cars coming in the entrance. She goes, passes me through the entrance and nearly gets hit. And it's kind of a joke around here. It's kind of a known fact. I don't have much of a temper. And I've got other weaknesses and faults, just anger. I, I try to get mad, and I struggle to even get mad sometimes. And so, but this lady did it. I have. I, I was a 10 out of 10. I was mad. And I got Joel in the back, and I don't know if he'd seen Daddy like that. But, I mean, this may not seem much to you, but I honked at her. I honked the horn. <laughs> Woo! Man! I was ticked. And I was so mad. I had a, I mean, I was tempted. I had visions. I had visions that I don't normally have in my mind. But I had a cup from, I think it was Dunkin' Donuts or something. I don't know. I, had a, I, I was like, you know, I should have just thrown that cup right at her car. That would have taught her. Anyway, you're like, man, I'm glad I came here today. I don't feel so bad about my life now. <laughs> that preacher's more screwed up than I am. No, listen, it was, I mean, I was, I was angry. And then as I'm looking back, I'm like, you know what? That, that's, that's messed. Right? If some crazy lady can just cut me off in the Dollar Tree parking lot in Victorville, California, and make me fly off the handle, I need to just do a checkup from the neck up, right? I need to see where has your attention and your focus been. And listen, if I'm focused on Jesus, you can cut me off all day long, and I'm really not going to get mad. Whatever. Who cares? If you're in that big of a hurry, take it. I'm good. But when we are not so focused on Jesus... And we're just like, man, I just want to be happy today. Gosh, I just want to be happy. If you're chasing happiness, it can be taken away from you in an instant. But if you have the joy of the Lord as your foundation, listen, nobody can rob you of that joy. And so when the angels appeared to those shepherds that night, they said, we bring you good tidings of great joy. You have joy as a Christmas present from Jesus. It belongs to you. Walk in that joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, have you ever known somebody, a strong Christian, that may be going through a terrible circumstance, but you can't even tell it? You wouldn't even know if you, if you didn't know the, maybe the, the information. Why? Because they act exactly the same. That's the goal. To be a stable Christian, I'm just going to do the same thing every day like Daniel did. They make a law that you can't pray. Okay, I'm just going to go pray just like I always do. Listen, I want to be a stable Christian more than anything in this life and in this world. And when you are a stable, joyful Christian, you may have just had bad news, but you come in anyway, and you're still like, hey, man, how you doing? God bless you. Good morning. Yeah. You may have just had one, you know. Just how did the biggest, best news ever happen? Hey, man, how you doing? God bless you. You're stable. Joy is a stabilizing factor in your life. It'll keep you stable if you will walk in the joy of the Lord. And you need to know this, that happiness is simply a natural emotion. Joy is a spiritual truth. Emotions change all the time. But truth never changes. Amen? So if I'm just living my life based on the word of God, I'm going to have joy because it doesn't change. And emotions, they change all the time. Emotions, that's not saying they're bad. Now, when they control you, that's bad. You aren't to be controlled by your emotions, but God gave you emotions. When you're controlled by emotions, you make stupid decisions. You know, oh, you know what? I'm mad. I'll quit. 
or, uh, you know, I, I just, I really think that I'm super happy right now, so I'll just go and, and I'll just go buy a brand new $60,000 car just because I feel so happy today. You make stupid choices when you make choices based on emotions because then you get the first payment in the mail and you're like, oh man, I don't feel so happy anymore. This is, oh, I'm to call the pastor, set up some counseling. I don't know what to do. Listen, you don't live your life and make your decisions based on emotions. We live and we make our life based off of truth from God's word because it doesn't change. It's solid. It's stable. It's the only sure foundation. And so happiness, yeah, we all want to be happy, but even more than that, we want and we need the joy of the Lord, and we are promised this. And so quickly, Proverbs 17.22, Proverbs 17.22, amen, good verse for you. And there's a lot of verses on this, but you had to narrow it down somewhere. Proverbs 17.22, who has joy today? Yeah, amen. Joy, I love joy. It is just a great gift from God. Love having the joy of the Lord. Proverbs 17, and we're going to look at verse 22. Proverbs 17 and verse 22. And joy can have so many different effects on you. And so Proverbs 17, 22, excuse me, 22. 20 few, all right, hey. Somebody else want to give us a crack? I think I'm done. Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a cheerful heart, the King James says a merry heart, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And you need to know that, hey, if you need healing in your body, simply having the joy of the Lord could be good medicine for you. But when you're down and dejected and negative and nasty and focusing on the bad all the time, it saps a person's strength and it will weaken you. But when you've got a merry heart, a cheerful heart, a joyful heart, that's some good medicine right there. And it can literally have a physical effect on your body. Just having the joy of the Lord in your heart can make your body strong and whole and healthy. And so the scripture tells us that, and even science would back that up. And another verse I'll just quote to you, but you need to know where it's at. It'll be on the screen. Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah 8.10. It says, don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I know this much, all the joyful people I know, they're strong people. Man, things come at them, and they may get bad news. And they're like, yeah, whatever, man, I'm just, I've got Jesus, I'll be fine. And, and, and they may have difficulties in life, because we all do. But when you've got the joy of the Lord, it makes you strong. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus was born so you could have joy and so you could be strong. And you need to receive that gift today. That if you've been living life without the joy of the Lord, that could change today real fast. You can have the joy of the Lord. Well, how do you, how do you maintain having the joy of the Lord? Well, a few things. Number one, through the word of God. You're not gonna, you're not ever gonna not be a person of the word and be a joyful person. That is, no. You're gonna have to be strong in the word. Here's another big one for maintaining joy. Be around positive Christians. 
I didn't just say be around Christians. There's all, I mean, you know, that's a good thing, but I know some pretty negative Nelly Christians, and they're, they're always just like thinking about the bad and the nasty and the and the whatever and the bad news. I don't, that's, you know what? I love you. God bless you. Stay away from me. I don't want to be around you, all right? I get enough heat and stupidity from the world. I don't need brothers and sisters in Christ puking negative all over me all the time. You know what I mean? And so praise God for you, but you do you. We'll do us over here at High Desert. Amen. And so check it out. You need to be around positive Christians. And here's another key, major key for maintaining the joy of the Lord. You need to praise and worship Jesus often. You need to praise and worship Jesus very often, and it'll stir up the joy of the Lord in your heart. Just before service, man, I was over there in the office just singing and praising Jesus and singing old songs back from the 80s. Come on, yeah. Uh, Church songs, church music. It was church music, okay? I didn't didn't like 80s music anyway. I mean, I was just a little kid, but I didn't like it. Just It was total trash, total trash. But at the same time, at the same time, focus on the word. This service is going everywhere right now. Focus on the word. My gosh. Woo. I think that those chills are getting to your brains out there. All right, listen. But when we praise and worship Jesus, come on, it stirs up the joy that's in your heart. And I mean, it may, it may seem like it kind of, you know, went dormant. You praise and worship, you stir up the joy of the Lord. Next thing you know, you got a smile on your face and a skip in your step. And the devil may come and try to knock on your door, but you just answer him laughing in his face. I've got the joy of the Lord and you're too late to take it away. Come on. Amen. The joy of the Lord. So good tidings today. Number one, you can have joy. And here's my second point, just two points today. Number two, you can have peace. You can have the peace of God in your life. And I love having the peace of God. I love it because I've had times without it and I've had times with it. And I live my life with the peace of God. And I love it. I, you know, Isaiah the prophet. We're going to flip back to Isaiah chapter 9 so you can start flipping there. But Isaiah prophesied about Jesus about 700 years before he was born. And he prophesied a lot of very incredible and accurate things about this Messiah that was going to come. But I want you to see something here that he talked about in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 6. And... One of the big things that they, that man, he called it about Jesus 700 years before he was even born. He told us about this peace. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us. Well, that just flipped everybody's minds. Like a child, we were expecting some sort of warrior. A little baby is going to be our savior. What? So a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Isaiah says, man, this Savior is coming, and he's going to be born, and he is going to be so full of peace that he will be called the Prince of Peace. Jesus wants you to have peace. It's one of his names, Prince of Peace. He is all about you having peace. And I understand that, hey, sometimes Christmas can be anything but peaceful. You know, people are feeling worried about money. People are dealing with maybe the feelings from previous Christmases. I understand not everybody 
had these warm, glowing, hallmark family Christmases that everybody dreams of. And I get that. Uh, maybe there's family turmoil going on in your life. Maybe you've got some stuff you're dealing with, but it doesn't have to be that way. I'm telling you right now. Well, you don't know my family. Well, I don't care. I know Jesus. So I don't have to know your family. I know Jesus, and I know this much, that he's the prince of peace, and he can heal your broken home. He can fix a messed up family. He can do anything when he's invited in, when he's invited in. But so many people, they keep him at arm's length, and then they get mad at him and blame, well, hey, why don't we have peace? Well, you'd only let him in when you feel like it. You need to let him be the foundation of your life. You need to make him a priority. Amen? Quit blaming everything on him. Well, you're already in Isaiah 9. Flip over to chapter 26. We're already there. Isaiah chapter 26. Check this out. Isaiah chapter 26. And I'm talking about the Prince of Peace. So I've got good tidings for you today of great joy. Number one, you can have joy in the name of Jesus. And number two, you can have peace in your life. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. There's a lot in there. Notice, though, it's very interesting to me that he doesn't just say you can have peace. It says you will have perfect peace, perfect peace. And so if the Bible tells me there's something called perfect peace, then there must be some sort of counterfeit fake inferior peace that's not up to the same standard that God's talking about. And, and, and I can tell you simply from observation that there's plenty of people in this world who have a very false sense of peace. Because the scripture talks about perfect peace. And everybody else is like, thinks that, well, we've got peace right now because everyone's getting along today. But we know that there will be some blow up before Christmas gets here. And, but no, listen, no, 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 no. No, I'm talking about perfect peace, not some manufactured fake thing. Because perfect peace, once again, just like joy, it doesn't depend upon my bank account. It doesn't depend upon how well, uh, you know, everyone's getting along. It doesn't depend on that. It depends on if my thoughts are fixed on him. That's big. The only way you don't have perfect peace right now is if your thoughts aren't fixed on Jesus. Only way. And I can tell you that the times that I don't have perfect peace, if I'm being honest, I'm like, yeah, you know what? My my mind has not been fixed on the word of God today. My mind has been on this and on that and everywhere else. But I guarantee you, I'll say it right now without fear of contradiction, that when my mind and my thoughts are fixed on Jesus, I've got nothing but the peace of God all about me. I've got the joy of the Lord, and I've, I, I've, just, I've got the presence of God all about me when my thoughts are fixed on him. You need to control your thoughts and your mind and keep it fixed on the right place. And that is on Jesus himself. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Let's go. Flip those pages fast and you'll get some friction and you'll warm up a little bit. John 14, 27. Let's go. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You guys are doing a great job. Praise the Lord. John chapter 14 and verse 27. But I got to let you know today that you can have the peace of God. You, I mean, I want you to have this so much. 
because I know how real it is. And I know how powerful it is to have the peace of God and the joy of the Lord as your strength. It's a beautiful thing, and it's God's will for you. Christmas doesn't have to be a stress fest. Christmas doesn't have to be uh, just, uh, you know, uh, nobody getting along. It doesn't have to be worry and anxiety. It doesn't have to be any of that. You can have the peace of God, the joy of the Lord all year long. So John 14, 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Who knows if Jesus is leaving a gift? I want it. I don't. I don't even care. I want it. If Jesus is saying, "Hey, I left you a gift down there," yes, I want it. I'll, I'll take it. And so he says, "I'm leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart." And the peace I give is a gift the world can't even give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's beautiful. So Isaiah says, hey, you can have this perfect peace. Jesus explains it even better. He says, the peace I give you is a a peace for your mind. Well, what's your mind? If you study scripture, it's your soul. He says, I'm going to leave you peace for your soul. And he says, for your heart, that's your spirit. Jesus leaves you peace for your spirit and for your soul. And the world is so twisted. They think that peace is just talking about, well, we're not in any physical danger right now. They limit peace to only the third level of who you are, and that's your body, right? Your physical. Well, no one's fighting. There's no wars. There's none of this. Uh, no one got beat up today. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say we're at peace, but on the inside, you're a wreck. Listen, Jesus said, oh, no, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace for your heart and peace for your mind, and this is a gift that the world cannot give to you. Now, there's so many people that even though the world doesn't have the peace to even give to you if they wanted to, they're still looking to this world for peace. Think about that. You're out there looking everywhere. Maybe peace could be found over here. Maybe peace could be found over here. Maybe I could find peace back here. And they're looking everywhere. You're never going to find it because it ain't there. The perfect peace that Jesus has for you is only found in him. Quit trying to order something from somebody that doesn't even have to give it to you. You know, I think about, I mean, it's a silly example, but I'm, I'm not even joking around. Think about it. You pull up to the Burger King drive-thru and I'll take the steak and lobster dinner. We'd love to give it to you, but we don't have that. It's a, no, I, I, I demand that you give it to me and I'm just going to, they don't have it to give it to you, even if they wanted to. And you're out here expecting this world, expecting that girl or that boy or that job to bring you peace, and it won't happen. My peace, I don't, I don't put the burden of me having peace upon my wife or my kids. Well, I'd have peace, you know, if they treated me. No, I, that, that's not the, 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 the topic of peace is between me and Jesus. And when my thoughts are fixed on him, I've got perfect peace. Amen. And so quit thinking that that boy or that girl or that job or that person is going to be the key to your peace. They are not. Jesus is the key to your peace. He's the prince of peace. It's what he does. It's what he does. And so I'm going to look at one final thing today. John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. But Jesus promises us perfect peace. Who would like to have the peace of God today? Who would like to have the joy of the Lord today? Amen. You can have it, but it's up to you to receive it. John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. And verse 33, Jesus says this. 
says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Now here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus didn't promise that perfect peace means you'll never have any trouble again. As long as you're breathing and living on planet earth, there will be some sorts of trouble that come to you. He never said that it's going to completely be no trouble. But the good news is this. He says, hey, take heart. I've already overcome the world. Any trouble that comes your way, we're going to beat. We're going to win because I've already overcome this world. Jesus wins every time. I want to be on his team, right? You know, if we're out there on the playground picking teams, I'm going to pick the guy that wins every time, right? I'm going to pick, listen, pick Jesus, choose Jesus. Jesus wins every time. And that brings me peace of mind. That brings me joy. That brings me the strength that I need, knowing that I can't ever lose if I've got Jesus with me. I just told you that was my last verse. Okay, I didn't lie, but I told kind of a Philippians chapter 4. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. What do you call that when you, uh, Philippians 4. I, I just, I cannot finish this without going to Philippians 4. So you'll forgive me. I know you will. Philippians 4. Let's do this. Verses 6 and 7. Now, I, I call this, I've labeled this in my life the peace equation because this scripture is so perfect that it tells me precisely how to have peace in my life. And, you know, all this may be sounding like, well, that all sounds good, but I don't know how to get peace. Well, here you go. You add these things together, boom, you get the peace of God. It's beautiful. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the peace equation. It says, hey, number one, don't worry about anything. Well, I can't do that. that yes, you can. Absolutely. Yes, you can. I mean, I get, listen, I'm just being honest. I heard a pastor say this the other day, so I'll just go ahead and say it. You have no idea the amount of bad news and problems that people dump on me every week. I'm not, you, bring, me your, bring me your troubles. I'm not saying don't do that for you guys. But everywhere, every day, people bring me their troubles and their bad news and their life crisis. And it's, you know, praise God. It's, it's, it's what we're here for. But after a while, you've got to choose to not worry about anything. Because when you get... Tons and tons of people's worst news and worst crisis and worst moments all the time. It can weigh on you and it can tear you down if you don't if you don't know some of this stuff. And I'm telling you that right now. And so I know for a fact that I can choose to not worry about anything. I can choose. I got bad news last night. I got more bad news this morning. I, whatever. Why? I cast all my cares upon him. As first Peter tells us, because he cares for me. And listen, I don't even care. It's fine because I choose to not worry about anything. Well, what, well, what do you do next? Well, here it is. Number two, instead, pray about everything. Number three, tell God what you need. Number four, thank him for all that he's done. And what happens when you add all those things together? Verse seven, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in christ jesus amen and i noticed something similar to what jesus said he said i'll give you peace for your heart and peace for your mind and then paul wrote this years later and says hey you'll get the peace of god it guards your hearts and your minds as you live in christ 
Jesus. And the King James says this is a peace that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? The peace of God is beyond our understanding. I don't understand how I can be so peaceful knowing that there's trouble here, trouble there, bad news there, bad over here. But yet I've got, it doesn't make any sense. Why? Because the peace of God is beyond our understanding. And I don't even have to understand it. I'm fine with that. I don't have to know how it all works or understand every part of it. I just need to trust that the word of God is true. And so I'm bringing it all into this today. Listen, you can have the joy of the Lord. It it depends on how much time you spend with God's word. It depends on if you're going to praise and worship him. And it strongly depends on who you hang out with and surround yourself with. But also, you can have the peace of God if you'll keep your thoughts and your heart fixed on Jesus and focused on him. You've got the peace of God in your life. And he wants this for you. I promise you, you can have perfect peace if you'll focus on him. Amen. So let's go ahead and give the Lord some praise today. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Pray that everybody's received from the word today. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to have Josh lead us in some worship here. But check it out. If you need prayer for anything today, we want to pray for you. We want to be in agreement with you. Maybe you're here and you're like, hey, I don't, I don't have the joy of the Lord. I don't have any peace. Well, hey, that could change. That could change. But you're going to have to do something about it yourself. I'm not going to chase you down and pray for you. You need to take a step of faith and do it. Uh, maybe you're here and biggest thing of all is if you do not have Jesus in your heart, or, or, or maybe you did at one point, but you kind of walked away. We know he would never leave you, but hey, let's get real. Sometimes people kind of walk away from him. We could fix that today too, because you will never have peace and joy if you don't have a right relationship with Jesus. Whatever your need is today, we want to take care of it, and we want to pray for you and be in agreement. If you need prayer for anything at all, come up and receive prayer. And if you're good on all fronts, man, that's fine. Just worship God where you're at. Amen. Let's go. So, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been So Till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. 
Right, praise the Lord. We got a little ministry going on, so we reverent to that here. But amen. Who received from God's word today? Hallelujah. 
Because of Jesus, not anything else, because of Jesus, we can have joy and we can have peace. Amen. And that's his will for us. Well, uh, of course, we have service tonight at 6. Uh, they wanted me to remind you that all the kids age preschool and up are in the building next door for their, they're doing their play practice. So parents, you'll pick preschool and age up next door over there. And then I need a few good men. You, once again, I need a few strong guys. You know, uh, here's your chance, single guys. You could flex for the ladies and show them what you, yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm always trying to help the brothers out. Uh, anyway, whatever. Ignore what I just said. Totally tr- ignore what I just said. But uh, we do need a few guys. We, um, we have a little uh, stage uh, to bring in for the Christmas play next week, and it's a little bit heavy. So, Nick, you'll be one of them, and then uh, some of you others. But, amen, Chris, you're pretty strong. We'll get you out there. And so, <laughs> and so uh, yeah. But we do need about probably at least five guys that could come help us load it into Robert's truck and bring it over here. And uh, it's for the Christmas play next week because we want to see baby Jesus up high, right? We don't want baby Jesus on the ground level. That wouldn't be right. So, all right. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to close out in prayer and then speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we will dismiss you and uh, send you on your way. Amen. Let's raise our hands today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word today, and we thank you, Father, that not only is it possible for us to have joy and to have peace in our lives, God, but it's your will. It's what you want for us, and Lord, we know that nobody can take these things away from us. It's a gift from you, and so Jesus, help us to realize that today and help us to receive and walk in the joy and the peace of God in the name of Jesus, and Lord, use us this week in Jesus' name to spread the gospel, to spread the good tidings everywhere we go. And we thank you, Lord, that every family in this place is blessed. Every marriage in this place is blessed. Every household, every family, Lord, I thank you. You're blessing their finances, their health, their relationships that are godly. And I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we're off limits to the devil because we've got you surrounding us. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to say our Barstow Faith Confession. Also, there's there's more invitations for church next week out there. You ought to grab someone or you ought to grab one of those and invite somebody to come with you and hear the gospel. Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tonight.